0: Thrones, your weekly recap podcast for HBO's uh, Rita Water Ice of a TV show, A Game of Thrones. My name is Doug and Brian. What are your feelings on Water Ice? I don't know what that is. You shouldn't because it's terrible crap. Okay, it's basically like a like a slushy or a Slurpee, only it's uh, you know got a weird, almost like a like a sherbet. Imagine sherbet, but not, <laughs> but more runny. Where, is, where does this come from? I went to Philadelphia um, and went to a oh, party up there. And yeah. It, yeah, they had, water. yeah, they say, they don't say water. they is water ice. Water. Yeah, wa- water from ice. The and of course, it was a gathering of any substantial size, so water ice was uh, a part of the thing. Um, yeah, and it was funny, during the, uh, <laughs> while I was there, I overheard some, I don't know, uh, Slightly intoxicated, slightly middle-aged, slightly not attractive, but slightly trying to look younger than she should. Uh, Lady, drunk, talking about uh, Cersei and how much she loves slash hates her. It was great. I did not jump into that conversation, by the way.
1: Yeah, that's smart. That's smart.
0: Okay, guys. uh, We are talking about uh, Season 5, Episode 10, the season finale for Season 5, the season of suffering, um, as we've called it, because it's just been nonstop torture and uh, just... Painful, I would say, just from top to bottom. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, Mother's mercy, uh, mercy that the season is over. This is the worst season, I think, by far.
0: I think so too, by far. Um, mm-hmm. People will say season two is a little boring, but I'll take that any day to what we had to deal with over nonstop
1: cruelty <laughs> and nonstop. <laughs> nonstop bullshit storylines.
0: Yep. I, and mm-hmm. I uh, fudge the math. Uh, th- you know, before you know it, you know what's coming up next week. And your pants.
1: Yep, <laughs> you fudged your pants.
0: I fudged my pants uh, yeah. season seven premieres next week. So we will be back uh, next Tuesday for uh, the first time in over a year. Well, no, it's been uh, it's been about a year because the I don't know when season six ended, but this is a late start to the season. Anyway, it's been a while mm-hmm. <laughs> since we talked about new material. and We're going to a chance to do that next week. So are you excited?
1: I am, yes. Uh, I, I'm very excited for it. It's been a long time coming. it uh, I just hope my expectations aren't too high for it, but we'll see. Season six was solid, and it ended the last two episodes, although they were they were directed by that guy, Miguel Sapochnik, who's not going to be back. Um, the last two uh, episodes of last season were probably two of the top three or four episodes, I, in my opinion, of the show, so...
0: I would agree that they were definitely solid. As a whole, I enjoyed season six because it was more, I felt, lighthearted, fun, and action-packed. Mm-hmm. Um, not lighthearted. I mean, the show's not supposed to be lighthearted, but no. it was a joyful romp at times. I'll say that. Um, yeah. And I think by the previews, the it looks big, and I like the way it looks cinematically or color-wise. I don't know. I, I don't know the fancy terms. All I know is it looks like a movie, and I'm excited for that. I just hope it's... Uh, I mean, it's only seven episodes, so hopefully they're going to be forced to cut some bullshit, but you know there's going to be plenty
1: in there. Plenty for us to be ashamed of, right? Yeah. The, the, this, the uh, previews and screenshots I've seen and everything, I mean, it just looks like mass chaos, which uh, is a lot... Very, it's. I don't know. I go back and forth on whether I like that or the um, intrigue. Lately, uh, I like the action more because the intrigue has been kind of stupid um, in a lot of these areas, especially like Dorn intrigue and know some of the some of the crap i would
0: agree that it's been mishandled but i at this stage in the i guess in the game if this is going to an end game i don't know how much intrigue there could possibly be i imagine there's going
1: to be like one or two more betrayals yeah Uh, i'm guessing that they're going to fight at like the houses are going to fight out the season fight it out to see who's on top and then the last season will probably be the fight against the, the dead i mean i think it's where it's going but you never know You do
0: never know. All right, guys. Let's talk about this episode. Uh, So once again, finale to season uh, five. And it starts off with uh, we're in uh, snow camp. Stannis' Stannis uh, camp is a muddy mess. Uh, Icicles be melting. Um, Which is a good thing because the army can now move around. Um, Mel, it looks like she's happy. She's like, oh, she goes to Stannis to say, Hey, look how good. Remember how I told you the whole murdering your daughter would change the weather thing? See how it worked out? (laughs) She goes to get, like, accolades from him. And he's, I guess, a little upset for some reason. I don't know. And uh, he's kind of down in the dumps and it's kind of cold to her. He actually gives her literally the cold shoulder because I imagine it's pretty cold there. And he kind of, like, shrugs her off. Um, Anyway, they leave the tent. Um, She's a little downtrodden, but she puts on a happy face and follows him out. Uh, And as soon as they leave, uh, (sighs) ah, they get some bad news. Uh, one of the guys, uh, Sandus' lieutenants, come up and says, hey, half the army left in the middle of the night. <laughs> okay, and you're just yeah. telling me this now? <laughs> Interesting. Great. <laughs> so that's, that's, I guess, bad news. And then, up, oh, another guy comes up. More bad news. Well, just news. And the news is, Salise just hung herself. So he goes and checks out the body, tells the guy to cut her down. And then, guess what? Another guy, the third guy, because tragedy's coming through, I guess. He comes up and says, oh, Excuse me, Stannis. Melisandre just was seen riding a <laughs> horse south.
1: This guy yokel? <laughs> <laughs> Rush off the turnip
0: truck? No, I felt like he was doing the thing where you like swallow hard when you're nervous. Yeah, yeah. He's I, I guess it, it came yeah, out as like a
1: yokel. St- you know the the, the old uh, phrase, "Don't kill the messenger." I I don't think that Stannis would be a guy who would blame the messenger. You would think his men would be. Uh, in fact, he would probably encourage quick reporting. I would think, but I don't know. But
0: this is the same guy who has people burned alive at the stake, like his own daughter. So I would no, think that's true.
1: <laughs> that's problematic.
0: yeah, much. I don't. I don't know if I would trust his moral compass right now, or is. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so he gets three pieces of bad news, uh, and anyway, Stannis just like fuck it, we're moving out because really, what else can he do?
1: Yeah, uh, this this is a pretty hard hit for Stannis. Uh, I uh, Some questions I had about the scene. Why does Mel just abandon him? I mean, I know she wasn't happy with the outcome and it looked like problems, but it didn't. Her, her magic did appear to be working in that the ice was melting, you know? I don't know. Yeah, it seemed like she just gave up. She lost all faith after...
0: The, really, the army leaving. He got the news of the army leaving, and then when there was more bad news, Stannis went off by himself, and Melisandre didn't join. Yeah, so, she, I don't
1: even know that she knew about Selise That's what I'm um, saying, is
0: she wasn't there yeah. for the delivery of the second bad news, which means she peaced out after half his army left, which means her fucking resolve was destroyed pretty quickly, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? Especially when you know it it did appear to work and she said oh i see the belt bolt, da, 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 Bolton banners falling from winterfell and i see you victorious mm-hmm. um so i, I it, once again this whole thing i've said it a million times so drink uh this was just an entirely rushed plot line stannis this whole thing and uh now yeah you pointing out that melisandre got out really quick doesn't make a lot of sense
1: yeah, and also just uh, Stannis, you know, he's the great uh, tactician or whatever, um, and he, I, you know, he sent uh, he sent Davos away to plead for the the wildlings and Jon Snow and whoever else to join him. I, this this just rushing into battle despite the long odds seems uh, against his character, uh, but I guess he is at the same time he's a desperate man, so he felt that he had to make his push then and there. They still should have a lot of horse meat. I mean, they should still be having horse feasts at this point.
0: Oh, I think when the when they got the bad news that half the army left, he said it was all the cell swords and all of the horses.
1: Yeah, geez. So
0: they don't have any well, horses. Well, they didn't leave the horse. They, they probably left the horse corpses. Maybe they took some jerky for the road. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the other thing that struck me about this is, you know, The Red Lady has been consistent that she's had these visions throughout uh, throughout the show, and I wondered if you go back whether all the promises or visions that she's had could actually be interpreted as John. And in this one, I noticed um, that she said specifically, "I've seen visions, something along the lines of Bolton banners burning." So, I mean, that like that statement could be John. So, I wonder it'd be an interesting exercise, which I will never do, but to go back and see if all of the things that she's seen would actually fit in with John being the eventual yeah.
0: uh, king. Well, you're in luck because I got an Excel spreadsheet right here. So let's do it. Yes. Uh, no, but you're absolutely right. I think the uh, this is the way in the book. Uh, I feel George Martin wants to set up that prophecy may be real, but it's always up to misinterpretation. And that's mm-hmm. what it seems like what happens here. Um by Melly Mel. Um I think that's pretty I, I it's more clear I might be coloring that based on my experience with the books as opposed to what goes on in the show but uh, sure you know like the whole Danny thing she will have the a son that'll the stallion that mounts the world uh that could be considered you can interpret that as her dragon drogon uh mounting the world because technically she did give birth to their dragons and they did suck at her booby um at least in the book. Yeah no oh, she books, totally yeah. fed yeah. the milk gross well she was pregnant so you know yeah i guess are you gonna waste not wanting that i guess (laughs) Yeah.
1: we've had had similar experiences with our monitor lizard um so next we go to (laughs) disgusting so next we go to john uh he's talking to sam and he's describing the night king resurrecting that entire army at hard home uh john's solution is that he hopes the wall holds and that they can't climb the wall John then tells Sam that the dragon glass, glass is long gone. Not that it would have mattered; they needed significantly more than they have. A mountain. Yeah. They dis- then they discuss uh, they discuss Longclaw John's sword and how Valyrian steel seems to uh, be able to defeat the White Walkers. But we know that there's probably I think it's, what, five, six, seven Valyrian steel swords in the world. So um, John uh, then ponders how he is the first to uh, first. Uh, what is he? The King of Night's watch, I don't remember his title. First the sacrifice Commander. Bro- Lord Commander. First the Lord Commander to sacrifice brothers for wildlings, and he's probably the most hated brother ever. Sam then asks John to send him to Old Town to become a maester. John initially rebukes this request because he needs John as a sounding board or Sam as a sounding board. Sam then explains that he would be more helpful as a maester. Uh, he would have the knowledge needed for the battle to come. And also if he stays gilly and the baby will die, um, it, it, it he'll, the last thing he'll see is him failing to protect them. So John has sense, but he also reminds Sam that uh, you know, he's supposed to swear off women. Sam then uh, basically well – what John I think deduced it, but Sam tells John that he uh, banged very carefully. And uh, they have a, a quiet moment over that, and then we see Sam and his dumb family in that cart leaving the wall
0: yeah uh it really doesn't make uh too much sense uh so going back to the first thing you said about um them needing more dragon glass John says we need a mountain of the stuff, which presumably uh I think in the show Stannis even says we got plenty of it back at Dragonstone where stanis's uh home was, and that's we know for a fact that that's where Danny's gonna be landing, so I guess John's gonna go see her based uh Try to get more good, dragon glass. Good call. I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. Good call. I did. It, this is not an original thought. It's from one of mm-hmm. those uh, breakdown videos on YouTube. You know, probably. I think it was a busty young lady breaking down the videos for me. I, <laughs> I've only Jeez. picked up one in ten words. Anyway, so so yeah. So that's a possibility uh, leading into the next season. Plus, in the books, John's the one that sends Sam away, and it's more of a tragedy because John's sending all his friends away uh, to do. You know, because he trusts them. So he sends. By the way, I think Pip and Grant are still alive in the books, or one Mm -hmm. of them is, and he sends like Dolores Ed uh, somewhere else. He sends, you know, he's sending these people to do important jobs, but he's sending all his friends away, so nobody's there watching his back, and I feel like that adds to the tragedy of his impending death, Um, but here it's Sam's idea. I guess it's fine. I'm not too um, pissed off, but at the end of it, he says, Sam's like, oh, I'll be back. I'm like, uh uh-oh. That's your death sentence right there. Somebody's going to die. Uh, it's the same with uh, John and Eddard Stark in the first season. Whenever two people are, like, going to depart and they say, oh, we'll meet again or something like that, mm-mm, mm-hmm. that's a death sentence in this uh, tropey uh, TV show and in the book, I think.
1: So you don't think that Sam and John will eventually reunite? Oh, I think so, too. But John did die. So spoiler alert. By the way, oh, oh, uh,
0: gotcha. guys, uh, God, I should have said this first. Uh, there will be spoilers for the rest of this episode at the very least. So, yes, so John, stupid. John yeah, okay. dies at the end of this. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah, there's some questions. I mean, what is Sam's plan uh, in terms of going to the Old Town and with his family that he won't leave? Because, uh, I mean, it's pretty clear that he, he won't have a, a Jon Snow there to bend rules for him. And I think will we actually see him arrive at Old Town and remember, he goes in the library and abandons his family. Um, I mean, what what what, what, is, what is could his plan even be? I mean, I don't. I don't well, I don't my get thing.
0: It. Well, it seems like he's going there to do research and and mm-hmm. learn whatever he can. But my problem is, how much time is that going to take? I mean, everything takes forever. Uh, yeah, he's got to. First of all, they got to sail there. That's got to take. I don't know, like two years. I don't know. How, I don't know how sea <laughs> sea travel works. But um, but then once he gets there. They're not just going to let him do whatever he wants. I'm sure, like, in order to become a maester, it's got to be what? Like, getting a a associate's degree? Maybe two years? Four years, if you... uh,
1: Uh, uh, Honestly, in that kind of thing, I would expect it to be decades. But not, I mean, uh, you know... Well, probably at least least a decade, decade, I would think, yeah. Yeah. So, I I don't don't understand it.
0: And once again, it makes sense in the book because uh, Maester Aemon is sick and they need a replacement for him. Plus, Maester Aemon has king's blood and Stannis is still at the wall when John makes this decision to send... Uh, Sam away. So uh, he wants to get Eamon out of there and he wants to get Gilly's baby who is really Mance Raider's baby. Uh, We're not going to get into all that. I don't think just too much. No, we've talked about it
1: before. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. And the, the other thing I wondered, what, what do you think is Sam's true motivation? Um, because he presents the two reasons, but I, I, I really says think he wants Gilly. to look up all the way down south. Yeah. yeah very carefully though. <laughs> Um, yeah, it seems like, uh, kind of, I mean, it's, it's both selfish and not selfish, you know, um, cause he is abandoning his friend, one of the the few allies. And also he's important because he, he's the one who knew the dragon class, dragon glass killed white walkers. I mean, he does have now, I mean, he knew of the hidden, the hidden trap door or whatever the hell through reading books. So it's definitely selfish. It, Sam is
0: one of only two people in the whole world who's ever killed a white walker right yeah it's just him and um john
1: yeah so i mean in some respects it's selfish but also the from the other side of the coin he's being generous and that he's trying to protect gilly and and her baby so i don't understand
0: why they wouldn't just send to the uh the masters and say hey uh we need a new one the old one broke
1: yeah exactly (laughs) oh but you know what's funny though is now now that we've said this is you know he goes and tries to leave um his uh, Gilly and the kid with his father in right. the later season. So he does intend to separate. I guess it's just not permanently. Yeah, but I still. think
0: he should have dropped that little nugget of uh truth here um in yeah. this scene. That would have been nice. Yeah, sure. All right, so where do we go next, Doug? All right, so stannis's army. Uh so they're walking because they got no horses. Uh what appears up right up to Winterfell's front door. Um uh, meanwhile, the Bolton troops are inside, Winterfell preparing for battle. Sansa uses the, I guess, chaos and a corkscrew uh, to escape her bedroom, and she's running around with no real plan of escape outside the castle. uh, Podrick's running around collecting firewood, spots Sansa's army, and interrupts Brienne's very important um, work of staring at a tower all day and all night for, I don't know, weeks? We don't know. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I'll probably have to stop halfway through this description because it goes on forever. Uh, Brienne decides to give up on her whole looking at the building like an idiot uh, and just seconds before Sansa arrives to light a candle in the window. So we get this tropey bullshit. Uh, It's just dumb and boring. Uh, Stannis is giving orders to his men uh, to get set up for a siege when one of the guys says, well, don't even bother there's not gonna be a siege because guess what all of the bolton troops are there they're all on horses and they outnumber them i don't know like five to one i can't really I have no real basis um anyway Stannis being greatly outnumbered but once again he has really no other option what the fuck is he gonna do retreat it's too too late he's already wait to see if
1: davos can
0: bring his boys <laughs> everybody run and hide <laughs> here's yeah. the battle plan go run and hide uh, so instead, uh, you know, everybody charges ahead. Stannis takes out a sword, and, and these guys go running and screaming into certain death. Uh, let's stop there. So uh, I guess there's a couple things going on. Uh, I I assume Sansa left her room because of all the preparing for battle. She thought it was a good time to to do this, right?
1: Yeah, I think that's the te- uh, yeah, that's the easy explanation. Nobody, nobody's watching her because they're all worried about this uh, impending battle. And she then knows Ramsey won't be there to rape her.
0: Yeah, and then they showed the corkscrew like... Uh, t- I don't remember that corkscrew. Was that introduced or was that just... Or whatever it was, a shimmy? What was that thing?
1: I, di- I, I didn't even... I, I, I
0: missed that. I'm sure it doesn't matter. I was just hoping I didn't uh, miss something from a previous episode. Uh, and then, yeah, this whole dumb Breanne plot, her whole thing all season was... Hey, light a candle in the tower, and guess what? I'll see it because I'm gonna be watching it. Oh, what yeah. do you think? Like Monday through Friday, nine to five? No, twenty four seven.
1: Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, that, I mean, don't you have to do other a, things? That shit was infuriating. Uh, the timing. I mean, God, just I, I know that's how it has to happen. But <laughs> no, I it's still, not. Just, it's not how it has to not. happen.
0: You could have had a you could have had a better signal. Uh, you know, something like, "Hey, uh, there's a flag tower, or there's a a flagpole on that tower. Why don't you raise a green flag?" And I'll know it's time. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying, like, or uh, I'm I'm having trouble thinking of an alternative. But there's got to be a better fucking plan than having Brienne just sit there and stare at a tower for. Her. That's it. That's the the
1: long and the short of it. Well, I think that she is there to stare at the tower. Her, her and Pod. I know that's what
0: they're doing. I'm just saying it's a bad, bad plan. It's a dumb idea. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just she should be trying to infiltrate
0: or get Pod to infiltrate. I mean, she's a you know a giant woman. I'm sure she would stick out like a sore thumb. But Pod might be able to sneak into you know Winterfell as like a you know a servant or maybe as a I don't know shitty cell sword. Who knows? Yeah,
1: that's possible. I guess.
0: I don't know. It's too complicated. I guess for this story. We're, All right, you know, <laughs> so uh, instead of a grand battle, we get the cheap way out, which is an aftermath of a battle with a lot of people just lying still in snow. You know, So these extra got, extras got paid minimum wage to be in a snowy field and pretend to be dead, and Stannis is there. He's hurt, uh, but he's not done. Two Bolton soldiers uh, come at him, and he gives them what for, and he kills them. And nobody's wearing helmets because helmets don't protect your face or neck, I guess. Anyway, Stannis gets wounded in the leg. He's hurt uh, even worse. He goes for a sit-down, uh, and then guess who just shows up? Brienne's there, unscathed, just fine, Stannis. Uh, she asks him if he did kill his brother with uh, magic, the gathering, and he says, yep, I did, and she presumably murders him in cold blood at this point uh, under the guise of justice. We don't see it because they cut away, because this show you know, doesn't like to show painful things or grotesqueries
1: that was horseshit yeah I, I don't it's because we know that if if somebody's not killed on the screen they're not necessarily dead so oh, why do we know I, that because this show has trained us right yeah I don't know why they they have to know that that's open-ended I mean that they have to know their own I yeah I, I don't get it I don't like that at all but anyways
0: yeah and you cannot argue that oh they did it to be discreet over yeah our, <laughs> these people <laughs> no it'd be too violent (laughs) yeah it'd be too uh it'd be too it'd be too depressing uh anyway so meanwhile i guess on the battlefield somewhere else ramsey is having fun cleaning up uh the dead or the wounded he's going around just murdering wounded people on the battlefield uh so the bolton's totally won and he's excited he's like i better get back to the castle check in on my wife because that's something you think about for some reason when your wife is escaping
1: Anyway, um, uh, which I, did, I didn't again. This is obligatory. Ramsey just being cruel. Yep. It's So it's just stupid. I mean, I don't know what this added. It's cartoonish. Than, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, although I will admit the uh, the shot of all the bodies was pretty pretty cool shot as it panned out.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, meanwhile, we cut back inside Winterfell, is still running around like an idiot, doesn't know what to do. I guess she went to the tower, lit the candle for Brienne, and then, when nothing <coughs> happened, I don't know what she was expecting to happen, um, uh, like a SWAT team or something, but, uh, mm-hmm. she's wandering around, and she runs right into, uh, Ramsay's girlfriend, Miranda, and she's aiming an arrow at her chest. Sansa's like, fuck it, I'm ready to die, and Miranda's like, oh, you're not going to die. <laughs> you'll just be punished. We need you. Well, at least most of you. Uh, and then, you know, she threatens to kill her, uh, Theon's there the whole time. And for some reason for unexplainably, he gets a spine out of nowhere. It, there's not even like a buildup to it. He just gets a spine and he pushes Miranda over to her death. And I gotta say, I enjoyed this death immensely because of the visuals and the, uh, sound effects. There was like a hard thud and like a wet splat as her head exploded. Uh, yeah. It's pretty great,
1: and I also enjoyed it because we don't we don't have to see Miranda again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then uh, Theon grabs Sansa's like we got
0: to get the fuck out of here, and they totally Thelma and Louise it right off the uh, side of the walls of Winterfell. And in the books, uh, it's been snowing at Winterfell for like days, and the snowdrifts are like twenty feet tall. Here on the show, Melisandre just burned a little girl, and the snow is melting. So, uh,
1: yeah. yeah, that shit should be like ice at this point. Right, you know, yeah. So that makes no sense, but whatever. I agree. Whatever, indeed. Yeah. Uh, so
0: as a whole, the Stannis storyline is is done. We presumed that he is dead, even though I kept uh, a little bit of hope open. Um, you know, it just makes the whole Stannis thing. It, it's it just didn't seem like a fitting ending for Stannis. Uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting question because it's not like he. Um I mean, what what him kind of just petering out? I think is kind of fitting in that if he's not going to get the glory, then it's not like. I mean, I don't. I mean, how else could he have gone? You couldn't have seen him be poisoned or just fallen in battle or something. I mean, I think I would have liked to fit. have seen
0: him like uh, I don't know. I, I would have liked to have seen him uh, somehow do something for the greater good instead of whatever yeah. he thinks is his by rights. I mean, this whole thing is what's, what's kind of admirable about Stannis is he believes in the rules to a fault. Um, yeah. and I believe like if he find out that Jon Snow is really a Targaryen and maybe Jon's the rightful heir to the kingdom or potentially is, uh, if he somehow supported him and died in the service, that'd be a nice ending for Stannis. Um, Because, like, it's kind of getting mixed up. The whole thing with Stannis is he's getting mixed up between following the rules and just wanting it to want it. Um, You know, in order, because he, and I guess thematically it makes sense because he was willing to kill his brother um, to get the Iron Throne. And then he was willing to kill his daughter to get to the Iron Throne. So, I, I don't know. It just ended with a whimper and it ended too fast it ended too fast i think that's my biggest i mean this could have played out the exact same way if it would have just taken five episodes i think a little more time i would have been better with it okay that's fair all right what do we got next oh
1: boy oh hitting little girls are we getting to the hitting little favorite scenes yeah it's Maron trant time and he is up for some child rape um just awful just i mean just the worst so He's in this whorehouse in uh, Bravos, and he's pacing around three children, hits two of them, both of them cry. But then he hits a third who has an obscured face, and the third one does not cry. Continues to beat her, including breaking his stick because he hit her so hard. Then says he has his work cut out for her and dismisses the other two children. It's their lucky day. He then punches the uh, little girl in the stomach who falls to the ground. Suddenly she stands up, and it's Arya. And she stabs him uh, a whole bunch. While he rolls around on the ground moaning and suffering, she tells him about the list, including that he was the first one on the list. And she gives some history of the kill list as well. And then she tells him who she is and says he's a nobody and slits his throat. And we can stop there. But you know what I wonder? Do you think that she uh, modeled that that list? Is that thunder? It is, yes. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if she modeled the list after uh, after Steve Buscemi's character from Billy Madison.
0: I assume so. If you guys, <laughs> guys, for our younger listeners out there, um, Adam Sandler used to be funny. It's hard to believe, but he used to be actually pretty good. And he made one, maybe two good movies. And no. one of them was Billy Madison. Billy Madison was funny. Happy Gilmore was funny. And then there's a steep drop-off, I feel. And it just hits a cliff. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah. I'm Billy Madison. Uh, also, Steve Buscemi. Uh, you got to look him up. I don't think he's been anything at least a decade.
1: Um, Are you talking
0: so, about Boardwalk uh, Empire. Yeah, that's been quite a few years.
1: Uh, would you say that it's <laughs> been a while? It, uh, it's <laughs> been. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this uh, that 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 part of the scene it, terrible.
0: Yeah, um, I I. I I'm <laughs> the only excuse I'm going to give it when I watched it the first time, I was like, this is gratuitous and like disgusting. And I guess it said, if they want us to be afraid of Aria, uh, I guess like to illustrate that she's a psychopath, which is something I've argued for a long mm-hmm. time now, it illustrates that. But, uh, the most forgiving thing I can do say is that by her stabbing Maron Trant in the eyeballs and blinding him, mm-hmm. uh, and later she becomes blind, uh, at least temporarily by the house of black and white. Uh, mm-hmm. It's. I guess it's poetic justice, or I, yeah. <laughs> I got to ask Alanis Morissette if it's ironic. By the way, uh, Alanis Morissette was this uh, you know <laughs> mediocre singer songwriter who had a song about irony that she really didn't define it well. Anyway, um, do you f- do you think that's the only excuse? Like they're like, oh, <laughs> since Arya's gonna go blind, she's gonna blind Maren Trant, and then it's like a fitting I, punishment.
1: I guess I. You know, this is like the. They Combined like three people that she assassinates in the book. Um, one of them I think was a, a pederast or at least beat little kids' laugh for, or something like that. Um, so man, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know. I don't, I, st- I mean, it just this entire thing was uh, just over the top for me. Um, and you know, the stabbing got to be a little bit old. That noise, I don't know what the hell yeah, that noise that's is. Yeah, it's like but. that wet wet punch every single one yeah like yeah every single one was like every one of ever her thrusts had that noise um even i mean i understand her getting revenge but uh the the, the level of violence was over the top and uh, for me at least
0: yeah it was like grindhouse 70s like uh yeah it took me out of it you know
1: uh, uh yeah and they uh they actually said uh that they modeled that part of it uh on Like a Quentin Tarantino movie, even though they didn't say anyone else. So now you say Grindhouse. That's what that's what Quentin Tarantino. His whole
0: thing is seventies like ultra violence, which is fine in certain situations. Just like for this to be here out of nowhere, it just seems. And for Game of Thrones, it's just a little little bit too much. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. uh, But I think in the uh, so spoiler alerts for reals for uh, book six, I guess wins a winner is that it. Yeah. So, George Martin, before this season, season five, released a sample chap- chapter of Arya called, like, Mercy. And in it, she plays an uh, actress who's in, like, a uh, a, a troupe doing a play. And I, I believe we spent some time with Arya doing that in season six. But anyway, uh, she finds the Lannister guard. I don't know who it is. It's not Meryn Trant. It's, like, uh, Raph the Sweetling, I think. And anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's one thing, yeah. So, he, she seduces him. <laughs> And the way she kills him is she slices his femoral artery because, you know, that's right on the inside of the thigh, and she does it very, very quickly and very, like, uh, deftly like an assassin. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not like a prison riot where you just get a shiv and just stab somebody a million times. Um, You know, it's just, she's a bad assassin. What can I say? I mean, that's just dirty, sloppy. You know, you don't need a blacklight to go into that room and find out what happened there. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's just sloppy. Anyway, um, yeah, not a great scene.
1: No, no. So next we go to um, we go to Arya returning to the Hall of Faces, tra- surreptitiously attempting to return the face she borrowed to kill Tramp. But Jock and, and the Wave catch her, tell her that she is not ready to be a faceless man and that she stole from the Many-Faced God. A debt is owed, and only debt can pay- death can pay for the debt. Jockin takes out poison, seemingly to poison Arya, but then, mm. surprise, instead takes the poison himself Whoa. and dies. Arya becomes upset, and the waif asks why. Arya says, because he was my friend. And then the waif is suddenly Jockin at a dress. Uh, Arya asks who the corpse is, and the waif, uh, the waif dresser Jockin says it was no one. Arya then uh, begins tearing off faces after face on the dead body including seeing herself then goes blind which made me go what the fuck was that shit
0: yeah uh, so uh, please I'm open to any uh, theories here um, you guys can blow up the message board on uh, ashamedthrones.com mm-hmm. how does this make any sense at all so there's two explanations one Arya was just the best explanation Arya was just hallucinating okay I don't know how she got poisoned. Like, she's already poisoned, and part of the going blind poison, which presumably she took somehow because because she's going blind, uh, part of that is her hallucinating and seeing visions. That makes more sense, but still has problems. And then the other thing is they can do face swapping without actually having to cut off somebody's face because Jake and Agar is presumably still alive. We see him in Season 6,
1: so well you know th- that my interpretation is that there isn't a Jock and Hagar that that they he that's just the face that he normally takes on and the faceless men are actually uh yeah but uh, do they have two of them two of what his Hagar face? faces oh i see what you're saying yeah i don't know i don't know yeah that doesn't make sense if you strict Stick to the the reason that you need the faces you get. Yeah, they have the well, yeah. The whole reason faces. They have, yeah,
0: the whole thing falls apart. They're cutting people's faces off, presumably because that allows them to be disguised as those people. But if they don't have to rip pe- pe- people's faces off to do that. The whole thing falls apart.
1: Yeah, that yeah. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. Makes that now it makes. I was confused before. Now I'm <laughs> <maybe> even more confused.
0: Samshu, <laughs> Samshu, Sam if you're out there, right on the message boards, let us know what's going on with the soul face thing. Yeah,
1: it'll stop, Sam.
0: Alright, so uh let's let's leave Ravos and go to a far better place, Dorn. Yes. So we're on the docks at Dorn. Everyone is saying goodbyes, uh as Jamie, Marcella, Braun, and Tristane, I guess, uh whatever the Dornish prince are uh piecing out to go to King's Landing. Uh all the Sand are there and Arella is that her name? Arella? Uh Alaria. Alaria. Alaria um, straight up, tum- tongue fucks a teenage girl in Marcella, <laughs> and everybody's cool with it. Uh, Braun also gets told that he wants a good girl but needs a skank, skank pussy, or something along those lines. Oh my
1: god, the worst line in any television show ever.
0: You know, you know, I, you know, in an interview with Dave and Dan, they're like, we we designed the Stan to be uh, strong, powerful females in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to really look up to uh for little girls to emulate um you know they're tough they're resilient and they're not and they have bad they have bad pussies they're not above referring to themselves as bad pussies uh yeah this is just uh terrible shit anyway so they get on the boat jamie's having a heart-to-heart with uh his secret daughter Marcella, and it comes out that um he's trying to tell her that he's her dad for some reason and she's like eh, i know i've always known somehow and you know what i'm glad you're my dad i like you and then he's like okay cool let's hug it out so they hug it out and this reaction is so unbelievable um i think it undercuts her impending death uh, but once again it's a nice moment so you know oh it's game of thrones something bad's gonna happen and sure enough she looks at up at him and starts bleeding out the nose and she faints meanwhile back on the dock the sand skanks are staring at the ship they're still at the dock everybody else is gone Alaria's nose also starts to bleed but she drinks from a vial uh, provided her by one of the sand skanks, the one that had the antidote they gave to Braun earlier in the episode, so we assume this is an antidote to the poison, and Alaria is the one who delivered the poison to the little girl by straight up mouth-fucking her.
1: Which, I mean, that that explains why they had that stupid scene in the prison, is so that they could set this up. Yeah, off. so it's all worth it yeah. now. I want to go yeah, back and say... <laughs> Why, why did nobody suspect anything this lady who is like open been openly hostile to them other than that one conversation she had about jamie with jamie about incest i mean i don't know why they would let her well, anywhere you near just, these people you can blame it on
0: culture shock you can say well i guess that's how they do it in Dorn. you know like people uh, are like i guess that's how it
1: is in france where you can just grab either yeah. anybody's whatever tell that to the police yeah um but they they should have suspected something I, i'd say too stupid um uh, yeah, and then finally, I'm, I'm glad though that Jamie sat for so down and finally had that daddy uncle talk that we all knew that they needed to have. Um, just I, I don't think in the books, I don't think that that's been revealed, or at least that she knows. And she's alive in the books, I believe. No. Yeah, she's so, still
0: alive. Well, yeah, she's still alive, presumably, uh, injured because of a failed uh coup attempt by uh. Ariana, which is a daughter of Dora Martell. Dora Martell is still alive in the books, too. Uh, That whole thing we can't get into. We talked about it before. But anyway, uh, uh, Jamie, who, once again, I'm upset that they assassinated his character in the show, does have an awesome heart-to-heart with Tommen. And Tommen's like a a real young kid in the books. And he consoles him after... Basically, he says that Joffrey would, uh, would abuse him. We don't know if it was just emotionally, violently, or sexually, and how Tommen would go to a secret place inside. Uh so it's some hard hitting shit. But uh Jamie did get a little parenting moment in the book uh with Tommen, but nothing like this and with Marcella. And it's so fucking cheesy though. Like, you know, it's just it's it's just like fucking Brienne staring at a goddamn tower for yeah, like days the on timing. end and it's, the moment she walks away, not even like ten seconds later, the fucking candle goes on. It's the same bullshit yeah uh, you know we've been t- we've been father and daughter and i've known it for a long time and now we've come out and everything's great and then i'm gonna die it's yeah it's fucking stupid <laughs> you are stupid dan and Do dave have- <laughs> go fuck yourself commit suicide
1: <laughs> please it. you are mean uh the other thing is i i don't know why they would just turn the ship around and go murder those people um yeah, presumably then, they don't have the army they don't have the forces they also raise the question: Is how would they even know it was the gangs? How would they know how the, they were responsible for, or even Dor was responsible for? It? Other than, I mean, I guess yeah. eventually, which a thing that makes even less <laughs> sense. Uh, once his nuts is murdered by his own family, yeah, which uh, makes no sense later. Sense. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I presume it would be like you know how, like in a you know, I guess in a, a Law and Order. I don't know, but like. When they get to King's Landing and somebody's asking them questions, all right, what'd you see? Anything out yeah, of the ordinary? Since well, them. <laughs> well, well, they're carrying this, a grown ass woman. Did tongue fuck my little daughter? Yeah.
1: Jesus Christ!
0: Yeah.
1: Hey, if you ever want to uh, hear some funny Law and Order stuff, go listen to John Mulaney's comedy albums. Holy shit!
0: John Mulaney has a bit about uh, Law and Order. He has multiple bits.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Ice tea can never believe what a purpose done
0: does he say i can't believe it or what no he? he's like
1: you mean this guy like to fuck little girls
0: <laughs> that's a good impression
1: where do we go next brian next we go to marine and we're in the throne room jorah dario and Tyrion are hanging out Tyrion deduces that uh jorah loves danny and then uh laments on love going wrong uh, loving the wrong person or some bullshit. Uh, next, Grey Worm and Sandy appear and discuss how Jorah should be fe- uh, fed the boot. But then uh, Tyrion hilariously and unnecessarily misspeaks High Valerian to them. Grey Worm is upset he was not there to help Danny, but it's not like he would, him being there would have made a big difference or anything. Tyrion then says it's time to go try to uh, – to it's time to help, jo- but Jorah argues about who is more loyal to Danny. Um, a Lannister or a traitor uh, Dario interjects only to um, to list the reasons why Tyrion shouldn't be going on the, I'm sorry I kind of fudged that a little bit, they're, they're discussing fine. how to, to go on a uh, search party for Danny. Dario interjects, to why would they even bring Tyrion, he won't be helpful the only thing he's good at is uh, talking and drinking more or less but he will it's help by to say. you just don't say yeah. that, you know, even if it's true yeah, I mean they're basically. I mean, it, this is being ableist. I think. I think so. Uh, yep. Yeah, so, but uh, D- D- Tyrion will help by. Is that, governing can you Ma- reach
0: that? <laughs> can you reach that thing that's really high on the
1: shelf there? Uh, you better stay home then, sir. Uh, so Tyrion will not help uh, by going on the search party, but he will help by governing marine. By using Grey Worm as his puppet, the people trust Grey Worm, and Grey Worm apparently nice. is the only one who can keep order in the city. Except uh, they have not kept order in the city whatsoever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So then, uh, next, Jorah and Dario are departing. There's a pretty cool shot of Tyrion uh, overlooking them exiting the Marinese Mar- Mar- Gate. I guess would you call it? And suddenly, sure. a wild Baldo appears, and it's Varys, somehow tracked down. Um, Track down Tyrion. They have kind of a back-and-forth exchange. Not, 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 not one of their better exchanges, but they discuss how they missed each other and how it's difficult to rule a city. And the best way to do it is Varys' skills and information and networking. He's like – he's a networking genius. Like He owns LinkedIn and Yeah, shit. LinkedIn, yeah. Sure. But,
0: so, uh, yeah, I wrote – In the absence of Danny, there's no clear chain of command. This is a mess. This would be a bigger mess they wouldn't hash out real quick, but I don't care. I didn't want to see them talking any longer than they did and actually talk too long with that whole, I guess, character-building scene where Tyrion's trying to speak High Valerian. Um, Yeah, I don't care. Um, But, you know, I guess it's just like, hey, you do this, you do that, I'll do this. Whatever, fine, great.
1: Yeah, I mean no, I do I did think I did appreciate the economy here and I think all the thought it was also the best solution as well. So Oh it's definitely uh, the best solution. Yeah. I just
0: find it crazy that like there's no VP of Marine. I don't know, like who's second in command if the you know Because like, she doesn't have a hand of the queen yet. I think she makes Tyrion that later, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Remember there's the whole scene where yeah, she dramatically hands him the pin.
0: Yep, and he's like, oh, I'm getting too old for this shit. He's like, you know I've done this before, right? This isn't that big of a deal. Uh, But anyway, uh, one other thing I had was for a huge fucking city, I guess they don't import or export anything because those huge gates, it's like a mile wide, and there's never anybody leaving or coming into the city. It's always these like lonely people
1: walking away or coming up to it. Strange. Yeah, there's no explanation for that, um, unless they... Well, no, there is. If they use their ports as the manner of uh, of transporting their goods. Yeah, sure. That sounds. Mm-hmm. Good. That works.
0: All right, so let's move on. Uh, so we get to see what happened to Dani, um since she flew away on her unicorn last week. Uh, she's out in the wilderness, and Drogon is hurt and being very disobedient. Very bad dog. Um, there's a pile of bones. <laughs> she rubs his face in it. Yep. <laughs> there's, a within, pi- yeah, there's a pile.
1: There's a pile of bones. <laughs>
0: The snap. So, snap. Snap. so uh presumably this is where Drogon's been hanging out all season because it's you know, he didn't kill all those animals. It's like it's like his hangout spot. Mm-hmm. Uh and he is hurt, I guess, from being stabbed several times with javelins or whatever. Uh and since her dragon has no intention of getting out of bed, Danny decides to just go for a little trot in search of food or something. I don't know what she was intending. Uh, anyway, she sees a lone rider and is instantly apprehensive. She notices it's a Dothraki, and then she turns and sees three more, and then she turns and sees about 20, and then she turns again and sees about 10,000. Yeah. So fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure enough, they're Dothraki, and they literally run circles around her. Oh, like, their horses go in circles, like, surrounding Danny. Um, but she has a brilliant plan she takes off her ring and drops it on the ground. So, if you know somebody comes looking for her, the massive horse tracks that were doing a you know uh a galaxy shaped spiral uh graph in the the dirt, they don't pick up on that they'll be able to find the stupid fucking ring as evidence that she was there
1: i do take i mean I did think that was a smart move um, sure yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that's a good breadcrumb, I think, because it is definitely her, and then you know that she's with these these horse people. Um, her pleading with the dragon, thumbs down, um, you know, just when we thought that she had some degree of control over him, suddenly he's just ignoring her. I guess maybe he's wounded, but uh, still seemed like kind of like horse shit. I don't know. Um, she also doesn't really have the same. idea of where she should be going, doesn't seem like, but I mean, she flew on a dragon. I mean, I would think that he would fly as straight as the crow, but I don't know. Um, Yeah, she could look down from time to time or look behind her, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Or look at the sun, I I don't know. This is another thing where, like, I I suppose they had to have a reason for her to get away from him, otherwise she couldn't have been kidnapped by the Dothraki. So I think that's the real explanation. Um, But it it just seemed odd to me in general that Drogon rescued her and now has just kind of abandoned her and let her go. So, um, I, I didn't really care for this, but uh, I understand the its function in the, within the show. Do you remember this scene in the books? Uh, I don't. You know, I really don't. I read those books, and I just, the last couple of books, I've I, I read them, but I don't really remember a whole lot. Yeah, of them. they weren't the last
0: two weren't incredibly memorable, but um similar thing happens. Like, Drogon's hanging out, not going anywhere. She decides to walk back to the Marine, and she's walking for, like, I don't know, a day or two and she has like dysentery in which she's shitting herself. But yes. she also has her period for the first time like ever. Or we think she's either bleeding from her, you know. Uh,
1: uh, yeah. let's, let's stop here. George R. <laughs> R. Martin's a fucking creep. Uh,
0: anyway, so anyway. uh she's she's having visions and she talks to Quaithe, the woman with the lacquered mask, um mm-hmm. in, in her head or in the stars or something like that. And anyway, she does get surrounded by um Dothraki, but I think Drogon also lands and fucks shit up or is about to. So at no time is she's separated from her dragon. So it'll play out differently in the books. Uh, but I guess they needed her to get the Dothraki, and this is how she does it, right? That's all this yeah. is about.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's convenience, I think. All right. Uh, and I, yeah, I didn't mind it that much. Yeah, it's not a, not terribly offensive. No. Unlike several other scenes in this ep, but anyway, so all right. Next, we go to uh, Church Jail, and Septa informs Cersei, or uh, it implores Cersei, to confess. And while Cersei's in her um, her, her little jail cell, there, uh, we transition to Cersei confessing to the High Sparrow. High Sparrow says that she will be dealt with according, based on her on her sins. Cersei confesses to banging her cousin, but denies banging her. Uh, denies banging Jamie high sparrow continues to question her the which she sticks to her story and initially this dipshit seems to buy that she didn't bang Jamie but despite the confession she is still going to be on trial for charges of banging her brother Cersei then begs to see her son high sparrow says he will permit her to return to the red keep um, but then says she has to she has to uh, to go through atonement first. So we can stop there real quick. So okay. one of the things that kind of struck me is uh, it's uh, it's this seemed like uh, this like a walk of atonement thing is so arbitrary you know I, I, you would think that there would be some system of I was whatever about to this say is. Yeah. yeah what like has anybody
0: ever done this before? Are there like it's never been mentioned getting, are there peasants is this happening
1: to peasants occasionally? Probably not. I don't, I don't yeah. think, you know, so I, I, so, and that's also the struggle. We've talked about how the high sparrow in the books, it's clearly, he's a power hungry in the show. It's not really clear whether he's authentic or genuine or if he's just power hungry. Right. So it would make sense in the cut, if he was actually power hungry or wanted to humiliate people to do the ne- the thing that's coming to the next scene. But I don't know that it makes a lot of sense in, in the show, because you would think that if he is authentic he would follow whatever the scriptures or whatever the procedures were. And the fact that she's ignorant of it or has never heard of this walk of atonement thing, which would be a fucking huge deal, even for peasants, you would think. Uh, it really makes me question, like, what's going on here? And did like are just actually making it up as out? they go. They're like, yeah, yes. so
0: the, uh, the tone for this is, uh, ooh, uh, I don't know. Walk of atonement. Oh, what does that mean? Um, 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 we're going to shave your head. Uh, yeah. uh, we're gonna uh, make you walk uh, and people are gonna throw shit at you yes that's it
1: well Doug you're jumping ahead here Let me. Oh, uh, sorry let me get... <laughs> spoiler alert second spoiler alert for yeah. the day alright so next uh, we go to a bunch of septas scrubbing a nude Cersei giving her a new do and a new attitude uh, they're weirdly cutting her hair halfway down uh, but uh, instead of just cutting it at the base of the hair I don't know why you wouldn't do that so next up, um, uh, who knows? It's probably, probably so.
0: It looks. It doesn't look like, like they didn't want to either shave her head or have a bald head. Uh, it probably didn't look good on camera or something. I'm sure.
1: Well, if you recall in the books, uh, they they completely they shaved everything. Like they shaved her eyebrows, like just down gonna, there. Uh, but I wasn't going to say that when I said that everything. Fucking creepy. That's what you were thinking. Turned <laughs> around her b hole. Um, um, so. so I didn't say that. So uh, after her makeover, um, she's outside in front of the public in a burlap sack. The High Sparrow announces Cersei's confession. And to demonstrate her penance, she will strip down and make the walk. Says so a lot of things Yeah, he said Mainly mm-hmm. about, like,
0: the rich people can't get away with this bullshit. Uh yeah. rich and powerful, you know. Basically just rubbing her face in it and basically showing his hand as far as, like, He's screwing with her. Right, he's fucking with her, and he can do this because yeah. he's, whatever, he's that, that powerful.
1: Yeah, Th- yeah, and it makes sense in the context of the book, but not necessarily in the show. So then uh, the Septa pulls down her clothes, and she begins the nude walk with a scepter walking behind her, repeating shame three times. That's as any scepter. you Unella, Unella, the high. Yep. While she's uh, flanked by, I think, about five or six faith militants. Uh, they At first, people are nice, or at least not harassing her, but it quickly devolves into things being thrown at her, uh, people screaming at her, uh, dudes hanging dong at her, ladies hanging lady dong at her. Um, so she continues the walk. It's quite a long walk. Uh, she continues to break down as the walk goes on. Eventually she she falls. Her feet are bloodied for reasons that are not entirely clear to me. And uh, it appears she really starts to she starts to cry and looks like she might have been broken. This might be a new Cersei. She makes it to the Red Keep, which is uh, we'll talk about this. But the Red Keep is absolutely enormous. Uh, but she uh, now that she's fin- ended the walk of shame, she just cries some more. Walks into the Red Keep. It is Red Keep to find uh, the old gang together Paisal, her uncle, Kyburn, and um, Robert Strong, or at least a giant person. Curiously, Paisal and her uncle just stare at her while Kyburn steps up to help her, yep. offers her a uh, cloak to, and comforts her, then introduces her new, uh, her giant Kingsguard man, uh, which presumably is the Zombie Mountain, or almost assuredly. Then Kyburn uh, explains how the zombie mountain will not rest until he's ta- actually taken a vow of silence until Cersei's enemies are dead and the evil is driven from the land.
0: Yeah, so f- I want to say this is my favorite part of the episode, not just because we got to see female nudity, primarily because it was just well done. The pacing was good. I like how it started off very subtle and quiet in silence, and then a very, like the torrent of people catcalling just keeps ratcheting up, and she just breaks her. She goes from being serene to like slightly uncomfortable to like you know not having a good time to god this is the worst thing in the world and by the the time she enters the red keep she's sobbing and like running um i thought it was great to see cersei brought low and the performance i gotta give it to lena Hedy. um great performance this is just a solid um the solid scene all around but my only gripe with this is in the books it's uh, a little bit more triumphant because we hear it from cersei's perspective and she is she drops to the ground and she just feels arms pick her up and, and quickly walking with him, walking with her in his arms. And, like, it is her white knight. It's like this guy rescued her. Uh, he wasn't introduced by Kyber. Like she's just like, who is this very strong man who's picked me up and is carrying me away? And he's walking at a fast clip that Picel's like kind of running to keep up with her, saying, "Hey, Cersei, hey, what's going on? What's up? Let me fill you in. This is Robert Strong." And yeah, same thing. He's he's taking a palace islands. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: but I'd like way- to see one of those uh, two feet on the beach posters, one <laughs> <laughs> was with, with Robert Strong, and Cersei. What do you mean two feet on the beach posters? Uh, uh, but the thing with uh, where. Uh, somebody's complaining to Jesus that, uh, Oh yeah. This
0: is yes. where I carried you. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty great. That would be pretty great.
1: <laughs> with the picture. Of that. <laughs> this, yep. is,
0: this is where I Robert strong and that has like his head, but it's like superimposed, like kind of faint. Um, yeah, well,
1: there's your, uh, Photoshop that, of the episode. Guys, guess think, what?
0: If you check out the album art or the, uh, the episode art and I do an episode art every week. Uh, it's not very good. I wouldn't call it art, but, uh, yeah, I will do that. That's questionable. Week. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I just feel like it was it was from Cersei's perspective in the book, and it had this kind of like, this is her true like white knight here to rescue
1: her, um,
0: yeah, and vibe. And they, you didn't get any of that in the in the show. I feel.
1: Yeah, and you know, so what's interesting about this is is the person, the naked body, is actually just some other actress. Yeah. You know, it, they, they Photoshop or I don't know what CGI or head onto it. Yeah. I didn't notice
0: it the first time around, but I look for it and it is kind of subtle, but you can see her face is a slightly different skin tone than the rest of the body.
1: Yeah. It's just, there's like little moments where just something's off. Um, So uh, I read online that they, um, they, uh, they had like a thousand different people, Try to uh, like, oh, take I can imagine role. Dave
0: and Dan were sitting there on every cast, yeah. So him. they <laughs> fucking flew in like
1: seven, <sighs>
0: seven
1: of them. <laughs> they no, like two sacks, too old. <laughs> yeah, do you well, have yeah, what that, I that's need that's or thing. not? Is this lady isn't like in the lady who ended up doing is in her late 20s, and Cersei's like 40. And it, one of the things that was, uh one of the like really important things about the walk in the book is that she was renowned for her beauty, but she she's a 40 year old woman, had three kids. Right, I mean, and they talk you know, about her. Alcoholism. She talks about
0: seeing herself for the first time when she's naked and talking about like her her breasts are sagging more than she remembers, and she has got a little bit more of a paunch. Like
1: yeah, so that that strips away this like this famous beauty, in the books. Whereas this is they they got like a a, a very fit woman who didn't appear to have kids or anything. So I think it lost some of the impact uh, in the show that it had in the book. But it's once again, it's like
0: Fat uh, Sam in the books isn't near; is more obese than this guy. This guy is yeah. slightly overweight. <laughs> slightly? No, yeah, he's, he's more, a, more. No, I'm just kidding. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of fur on him. Who knows? I'm just saying that I think that was a TV decision. They didn't want, um, you know, they didn't want to give us a Melisandre kind of situation, which they do give us. I'm a lot. not sure
1: if she's. Uh, yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. But uh it takes, but that's the thing is they that takes away some of the subtlety or what makes it uh much more impactful I agree
0: yeah where yeah. she's you know i think i think one of the peasants says something to her like my wife has better tits than those or something along those lines something crude like that but th- that's only like scratching the surface of uh, cersei's own vision of her own radiance uh being uh whatever challenged for the first time I don't know. I think you make a good point. Um, yeah. But I'm ready to move yeah. on.
1: All right. Fair enough.
0: Okay. Up at the so, wall. Davos is oblivious to the events that befell uh, Stannis. Uh, and he's still lobbying John to send troops and supplies. When John says they don't have enough men to make a difference. And that's true. Davos is like, hey, you can just send the wildlings. And he's like, I don't, I'm not the king of the wildlings. And he's like, well, you save their lives. They'll fight for you. Anyway, that doesn't seem like a good plan anyway. Hey, uh, wildlings, remember this guy that wrecked your fucking crew and killed your king and set him on fire? Hey, you want to fight for him now? How would that go over? That sounds ridiculous. Anyway, in the middle of all this bickering, uh, Melisandre shows up on horseback, and they run to her. John asks about Stannis. Davos asks about um, Shireen. And I guess Mel's silence is confirmation that they're both dead. Uh, She walks away pouting like a teenager. Later, John is reading in his office and he looks tired and put upon uh, when all of a sudden that little fucking shithead, Ollie, comes in. God. Says John's uncle, Benjamin is alive and there's a guy downstairs who knows where he is and how to find him. So John rushes downstairs. There's a bunch of dudes standing around uh, holding torches and he enters the the ring and he just finds a pole or a piece of wood that says that has a sign on it that says traitor. And starting with Alistair Thorne, several dudes take turns stabbing his ass in the stomach uh, proclaiming for the watch and lastly that fucking cunt Ollie takes a turn <laughs> and John's like what are you doing Ollie and, he's, and he just cold heartedly stabs him right in the fucking chest and John uh, falls over dying with his blood leaking out into the snow fuck
1: Ollie yeah it was really easy to hate that kid I don't I think it has that extra special, ooh, I hate that kid thing. And I'm not sure what exactly what it is.
0: Yeah, I think uh we had some more sympathy for him when we rewatched last season. And we were like, oh, yeah, his parents did get fucking killed in front yeah. of him. And the same people were like, hey, we're going to eat your mama and daddy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I had all sorts of sympathy, but I lost it again, all over again.
1: <laughs> yeah, when you see him. Yeah. Um,. So what what I wondered is, uh, do you think Davos asked about Shireen? Right. But I don't. I was trying trying to go back and forth as to whether he thought uh, something. Be, I mean, obviously something befell Shireen, but whether he put together that it was Stannis' fault or the no, Red Lady's fault. I, I don't think. I don't so. think. Yeah.
0: I don't think. I don't think so either. Yeah. You know, I think that Davos knew that Shireen was in trouble. On some level, I, I still attest to that. But I think at this point, since Mel doesn't answer anybody's questions, they presume that, hey, they knew he was marching on Winterfell and they brought his fucking family with him. So presumably if he lost the fight, his family would die or could die. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. think that's what they just assumed. That seems to be the most logical uh, explanation.
1: Which makes you wonder why the hell he would even bring his family on this expedition in the Davos first place. Davos asked the same thing. Yeah, yeah this doesn't make any sense at all. So.
0: And guess what, yeah, yeah, this- in the books, he doesn't bring his fucking family to Winterfell. He leaves them it's at Castle Black. So, yeah, so the showrunners... Uh, once again, I know the showrunners say that this is going to happen in the books. I would just like to see it happen in the books because right now it doesn't make a, any sense at all.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I, I remember the stabbing was quite a shock to me. I don't think I'd caught up in the books or had any idea that this was going to happen. Um, but it was quite – it was it was really difficult to watch. I mean, and the, difficult to watch in the right way. It wasn't difficult to watch because it was gross or upset. It was upsetting like on a personal level, not personal, like character level because, you know, I've talked about how normally I view the characters more as puppets than people. But this – Jon Snow represented, I think, what like one of the few good and pure people in the world, and he's trying to do the right thing. And then everybody who – he should be behind him just – Betray him, you know. But then again, at the same time, I do kind of understand where they're coming from in that these are the people that they're sworn to protect be protect against, you know. I mean, that he's helping the, the centuries and centuries-old enemy, you know. I guess, but you,
0: you got to say, hey, peaceful transition. We'll wait for the next election, you know.
1: <laughs> it yeah, wasn't I like guess. They were,
0: it wasn't like that letting the wildlings in. Was providing a clear and present danger to uh, the people of Westeros or the people at the Night's Watch yet? Like, yes, yeah. the wildlings. More than likely, they're not going to be able to farm well, and they're going to start, you know, stealing and raping and burning people in the Seven Kingdoms. But once again, it, this this is all predicated on the fact that nobody believes that the dead are coming back to life to yeah. to kill the living, except for the people that were with John, right?
1: Yeah, I guess so. But you would think there'd be enough of them to confirm this. I mean, yeah, you'd think there'd be, a, a, there'd yeah. be
0: enough arguing about it. I like a lot of people went to Home, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. All the status of ships. I mean, the number Plus of people. Plus the people, that people went, in remember the in
0: the Geo mormon took a whole bunch of them to the Fist of the First Men. Yeah, and some of them survived. So, well, to
1: just to get you remember all those ships from Home episode. To get all those ships up there to Hardhome would right. take in a lot of fucking people to get up there. You would think. Yep. You know, so I don't know why they yeah, but I think that might be uh might be examining it too closely. Yeah, it's best not
0: to think too much while watching the show. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, and then this scene also had a lot more of that stabbing noise, just like. Yeah,
0: Fuck. you're right. I thought yeah. about when I when I was reading the scene, uh, the summary. I thought about what you said about Arya, and it's that wet stab, you know. Yeah. What are they made that? Shake a pumpkin? Uh well, like, you know, when you break a bone, it's usually Romaine lettuce. But um what the I didn't know you were I knew you were a Foley man. I've done some foley work from time to time. It's on a <laughs> it's on adult films and usually it's a wet boot stuck in mud and you just pull it out and push it back in several times. What the fuck? <laughs> All right. <laughs> on that happy note, uh guys, that's it. We're done with our mega rewatch. That's gotta hurt. Oh, feel we're good, done right? with the show. All right. No, we, <laughs> No, but seriously, we watched every fucking uh, Game of Thrones episode, barring the two uh, callback episodes that we did, with, which are the preview episodes we played in the past like two or three weeks, but we watched every goddamn Game of Thrones episode straight, and now these fucking dicks at the goddamn binge, <laughs> binge watch come in and try to fucking steal our thunder? Fuck them. Anyway, uh, guys, I'm really excited for season seven, but after season seven, I don't think we're going to watch the show again or anything. So we will definitely be taking a break. So if you've listened to us every goddamn Tuesday, a re rewatch,
1: (laughs) re remix, (laughs) no, (laughs) no,
0: maybe me and Jermaine will do it. Oh God. Anyway, guys. Yeah. Anyway, guys, uh, thank you so much. Uh, Please like and review us on iTunes. Let's see if we can get up from like the 76th uh, Game of Thrones podcast out there to 75. Um, If your moms have iPhones, steal them and subscribe to the podcast from their phones and maybe fill out a review. Um, Five stars would be helpful, but if not, who cares shit. And we're going to try to have some special guests. I don't know if it's going to be Jermaine or somebody. But anyway, we're just excited for Season 7, as you guys are. Uh, with this will be out next Tuesday, bright and early, to recap it. So uh, don't talk to your friends about it on Monday. Wait till Tuesday in the morning to uh, talk to us. And by talk, just sit there and listen while we... Then run. you'll have some
1: insightful... No, it'll be terrible. It'll be terrible. <laughs> make, it, make your opinion of it worse. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Thanks, dudes. Dude, dude and doodads. There's no doodads.